Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, and I'm joined by Johnston for this week's big fight preview between Sal Canelo Alvarez and John Ryder. Cinco de Mayo week is here, and it's happening in Mexico. A huge fight for John Ryder. The biggest fight of his career, undoubtedly, and a mountain to climb. A huge mountain, indeed. And can he topple the man at the top of that mountain? Well, we're going to sit and discuss this fight and preview what could potentially happen in Mexico. Johnston, it is a fantastic opportunity to see Canelo back in Mexico in front of all of his fans, in front of everybody watching around the world, and, in, and certainly in front of, of, of our UK fight fans who will mostly all be rooting for John Ryder, of course, because they're going to want him to certainly try and cause a monumental upset. But the general consensus is he doesn't win this fight. And we will go into why we think that could be the case or why we think, you know, maybe he couldn't be the case and he could win the fight. But it's a great fight. It's in Cody Mayo, Canelo fight week. He's taken over the whole Mayweather fight week, hasn't he? He used to do the same thing, Cinco de Mayo, and then obviously in September, and, and Canelo's taken over that mantelpiece, and it's always exciting when we get a, a big fight week. It is, and it's nice to have it on Cinco de Mayo as well. Um, Canelo fighting on their Independence Day, which is it's a great opportunity for him to just, you know, fill out stadiums. I, I'm guessing uh, this fight was sold out in a matter of minutes. First time he's fought in Mexico since 2011 against Kermit Clint, uh, Sintron. That was the last time he fought there. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's 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 just a showcase event to show off Canelo Alvarez against a guy that we'll be rooting for in, in John Ryder. What chance do we give him? Very slim one. But that being said, 
he's in there. He's got an opportunity like everyone else. Everyone's writing him off. Um, I'm sure he isn't writing himself off. But just you look at the styles of the two fighters, it's difficult to root. It's easy to root for Ryder, but it's it's very difficult to figure out a route for him to win the fight. But look, we'll, we'll break it down. And he, as you say, it's great to have Canelo back on. No matter what I've said and thought of him throughout the years, you know, I've had my issues with him. I've had my issues with some of his results. But do you know what? When you look at it and you look at the face of it and you look at the guy and the context of him and, and what he does in and delivers in the ring, you can't help but like him in that respect. There are elements that I dislike, but... It's nice to see. It feels like it's a big fight when Canelo's fight. So that's how you know he's he's the face of boxing. He really still is. He is. And many people believe that he is the guy to to beat in the super middleweight division. He's the undisputed champion. He's also a guy which many people think could be on the slide. And that's certainly a conversation I'd like to explore in this episode because I've, I've seen many boxing journalists, boxing YouTube reporters, media personalities, whatever they want to label themselves, they certainly start to talk about Canelo has not looked as good as he once did and this whole conversation is he letting himself go outside of the ring and and not focusing as much as he once did. Now that's certainly a conversation to explore as we go through the course of the episode but I want to flip the script and talk about John first because John's got a huge opportunity here and he's earned his way into this opportunity. I think he's, he's deserving of this opportunity. Some people would disagree with me and say well what about Benavidez? Why was he not fighting Canelo? Was Canelo on that fight in Benavidez understandably so that that fight will happen I do genuinely believe it will happen when when the time is right at this moment in time John Ryder's put himself into a position through the fights that he's previously had with the WBA in particular a WBO in particular should I say not WBA and he's got himself into this position by beating an aging Danny Jacobs and then beating Zach Parker in his in his last fight obviously Zach Parker pulled out of the fight due to a broken right hand but still them two fights alone have, have propelled him into this position now where he fights the face of boxing as you said and arguably his fight with Callum Smith in 2019 it certainly taught us a lot about where he was at in his career because I honestly think when you look back through his career he, he's He's a, he's a bit of a veteran for British boxing now. He's been fighting since 2010. And you look at the results and you think, oh, well, he lost to Billy Joe in 2013. And then he had his fight with Nick Blackwell in 2015, lost to Nick Blackwell in seven rounds in, in the middleweight division, and then come back and then lost to Jack Arnfield in 2016 and Rocky Fielding in 2017. So you look at his, his resume and you think, hang on a minute, you know, the, these are guys there, some of them haven't even for one reason or another, been able to excel themselves to this level. But yet, because of the run of fights that John Ryder's on, he's put himself into that position for a really good opportunity. And I also do feel he's very tailor-made for, for Canelo's style. And I do feel the opportunity has arisen for Canelo to fight back in Mexico in front of so many thousand fans against a guy who will come to fight you, against a guy who will make it really entertaining as long as it lasts so for John this is a huge mountain to climb and there's so many elements of this fight where you could pick out moments of what could happen and it, it certainly all favours Canelo but I think John Ryder is going to be his money's worth he's going to provide entertainment I certainly think he'll put up a better effort than Rocky Fielding did and that's no disrespect to Rocky but I just think he was also 
tailor-made for Canelo and, and Canelo dispatched of him quite quickly. I'm not so sure if it'll be the same against John Ryder, but I certainly think it'll be very much the same scripts in terms of how the fight goes. But John, fair play to him, Johnson. He's got himself into this position. They've seen an opportunity to get Canelo in Mexico, get this fight on. John Ryder gets probably his career biggest payday. He gets a shot at the undisputed super middleweight title for all the marbles. I mean, this this is this is the mountain. This is the top of the mountain for him. Whatever he does now, he doesn't probably have to fight again, win, lose, or draw. It's true, uh, and I think that has definitely got to be in the back of his mind that you know he's earning himself enough money now to look after his family, and he could quit the sport for good. There would be no need to fight in the sport for money anymore. So you do lose that motivation to want to keep fighting. What's he going to do after Canelo go back down to the lower ranks and start fighting fighters on their way up? No, I don't think so. You know, the change in, in Ryder for me was following that Rocky Fielding defeat. The Jamie Cox win was a spectacular win. Knocked him out in two rounds. Jamie Cox is, I know people were looking over, Jamie Cox, I mean, who's that? But look, let's be honest, for those in America probably don't necessarily know Jamie, he's not a bad fighter. And to get rid of Jamie Cox in two rounds was, was quite spectacular. And then the... Uh, um, Surikin fight, good win for him there, and then the Callum Smith fight. And again, you will look at that record and you will say, well, he's, he lost to Callum Smith. But if you actually watch that fight back, I don't think anyone give Callum Smith that fight. Um, you could squeeze a draw in there, but I think I think John won that fight. He got robbed. But then saying that, you know, he got a, a nice decision for himself against Danny Jacobs. I thought Danny Jacobs beat him back in 2022. But he's, you know... He was that guy, wasn't he, Sean? He was that... We always mention these fighters that once they come out of that domestic level, and we say domestic level, we mean like the youth, like fighting on your your national your national titles, say, your UK titles, your British titles, or your American titles, or your German titles, whatever. And he felt like he was there in European. He didn't really like a world fighter to me. And then he had a, a change, really. He was literally following that Rocky Field in defeat. He, he almost beat Callum Smith, who was revered as probably one of the best British fighters we had, and it still is, to be fair. So that elevated him into a point where actually, you know, maybe he could potentially fight on a world stage. And he proved, I mean, Danny Jacobs, it was a close fight, but I just think Danny nicked it. But even still, he got the decision. And then, yeah, as you you mentioned, the Zach Parker fight, that was a a fight that many was 50-50 with. Would Zach be able to do it? He broke his hand and, and he had to pull out. And that is why he's in this position now to fight for the money. And I mean, it is a bit like a a rocky story. You've got a guy that has lost to some average fighters in terms of the, the level he's fighting against on Saturday night, early hours of Sunday morning in Sal Canelo Alvarez. But as you say, everything has built up to this moment. This is the one moment of his life, the moment to prove himself. Now that is enough inspiration inside you to want to produce the goods. It's difficult though. You're fighting one of the best, the best in this division. So... Uh, it goes either way, doesn't it? He can either crumble under the pressure. You know, mentality is a huge thing. Is he going to have the right mentality to be able to go in there in Mexico, all them thousands of fans cheering on Canelo? And if Canelo's landing some shots, has he got that heart and desire to want to keep fighting? Well, that's where we're going to find out. And it is, that's the last hurrah for me, Sean, isn't it? I mean, where'd you go from here? This is the top of the mountain, as you say. It's, this is it. This is be all or end all for, for John Ryder for me. That's, that's how I see it. 
Yeah, you're right. And and obviously, we're going to see on Saturday, we're going to talk about his chances and how he could yeah. possibly try to win the fight, of course. But before we get to that, we will talk, of course, about Canelo and, and summarise his recent fights. Now, we all know about his challenges up at light heavyweight when he beat Kovalev and then lost to Dimitri Bivol last year on Cinco de Mayo last year. So he's going back to Cinco de Mayo this year and looking to really put a, a stamp on the authoritative world of boxing in terms of where he sits within that pound-for-pound pound list because we, we we looked at him a couple of years ago. I mean, he was the top of that list, and now with the shift in different divisions and different fighters, you wouldn't put him at the top of that list anymore. And this is why he's he's, he's taking on the challenges, and the challenges will come in, in the form of like David Benavidez, or you maybe he will decide to move up to light everywhere again, who knows. But... He lost to Dimitri Bivol. Dimitri Bivol made him look pretty average on that night, which was quite shocking to many because many thought that maybe Canelo could continue to bite off as much as he could chew. And he didn't. In that fight, it shown the world how good Dimitri Bivol was and always has been. So he comes back and has the third fight in September against Gennady Golovkin. And let's be honest, we know our thoughts on that. Golovkin's past his prime. He is past his prime, ultimately. This fight would have happened directly after the second fight of theirs, and this would have been an immediate rematch from that second fight. We might have had a completely different fight. It was still close on two of the cards, to be fair, but it wasn't the same Golovkin for me. And and, and this, is, this is the argument where people now are starting to look at Canelo and think, is he really, is he really starting to take a little bit of a slide? There's... Rumours that he's living a high life outside of the ring. Saturday's going to tell us the answers to that, but I don't think Saturday will give us the definitive answers because this is against a guy who really is up against it in John Ryder. If this was David Benavidez in Mexico, now this would be a whole different conversation that we would be having because you'd put David Benavidez in with much more of a chance than John Ryder going into this. Arguably, people think that David Benavidez is going to be the one to topple Canelo in this particular division that he's reigned supreme in. So, John Ryder is, is just like a long shot. He's like a, he's like a 40 to 1, 80 to 1, 100 to 1, whatever you want to put him at. He, he's one of those guys. As simple as that, really. He's one of those guys. But you look at Canelo and his last few fights, and, and obviously throughout 2020 and 2021, he got some really good victories in the super middleweight division. Then he moved up, he loses to Birol, as we said. Then he comes back down and he fights Golovkin for the third time, has a win against Golovkin, and now he's back again for his customary Cinco de Mayo fight. It's going to be an interesting fight for me. I, I, I think, like you said, Johnston, we all like to see Canelo now, regardless of what we think about the whole Clem Butrol scandal a couple of years ago, and he sounds very contradictory because, of course, he had his ban, he, he served his ban, and then he come back, and, you know, we've had this whole tirade of abuse that's been spouted at Conor Ben for his stuff. I suppose in, in the way in which he's been done with Conor is completely different. You know, he accepted his punishment, Canelo took his punishment, and was able to fight again. Doesn't necessarily make him excused from that moment in his career and I know that's what you were alluding to a little bit earlier but certainly you can't help but understand what brings money to the sport and that's him he's the face of boxing he, whether you like him for what he did in the ring or whether you don't like him for what he does outside of the ring with the whole tainted beef incident you can't deny the fact that this guy brings eyeballs to the sport and it is hard it is really hard because I 
in my mind, I'd just like, just kick this guy out of the sport. Like, get him out of here. You shouldn't be in here. He's a drugs cheat. But yet he's allowed to do it because money talks. You lose a Canelo in this sport and you lose a huge pay packet. Everybody involved. And that is probably why the arguments of corruption start to come into play within boxing because how can they allow Canelo to do what he's done and not allow somebody else on a much smaller scale and just give them like a two-year ban or even a lifetime ban, but yet Canelo is allowed to do what he's done, it's a whole different can of worms. It's a whole different conversation. And we could easily sit here talking about that for the rest of the episode. But do you know what? I'm not going to focus on it. That's just sort of my previous opinion about the whole Clan Brugerol situation and, and where Canelo's at. What I'm focusing on now is, is this fight and what happens in it and the chances for John Ryder. And I'm going to let you sort of give your assessment of what John Ryder would have to do to be in with an opportunity, to be in with a chance to beat Canelo. Well, I think you mentioned a great point is since the Bivol fight and then the Golovkin's the third fight, there are elements to Canelo. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In in both performance, where you can say maybe he has reached, you know, since those the Golovkin fights, the the, the two fights, the one one the first one in particular, I think he lost as well. <laughs> um, I which I won't go into again. And when we're talking about drugs and and getting decisions here it's hard not to elaborate on them but look we can't um so yes i mean the Golovkin fights i mean rocky for the one was the layup really you know i do like rocky as unfortunate for him danny jacobs that was a big fight it was a good fight uh he got the victory kovlev losing that fight knocks him out cannon smith outclasses him over 12 rounds yildrum again another layup fight but he's been busy he's been busy beats billy joe beats caleb plant and then loses to bivol and then comes back and gets a Golovkin win I do think following that that Caleb Plant victory, we still sort of still see him as as the main man, and he has been the main man in the middleweight division, the super middleweight division. He's bossed it, hasn't he? He's bossed it for a few years. He's been the main man. He's been the marquee man. He's been the face of boxing. And as you say, he's starting to have a decline because you've got those young kids coming up. You've got the you know in the in in the lower ranks with your Davis and yeah you know, and Haney's and Stevenson's. All of a sudden, a lot of talk about those guys, Benavides in this division, and all of a sudden now. 
Canelo's got some competition to to try and keep in and around they, the pay per view. The, the pay per view, the, the, not the pay per view. He definitely wraps that up on his all day long. But the, as in the pound for pound rankings, arguably he slipped away from that number one spot now. And the Golovkin fight, I think he looked a bit tired. I mean, it was an easy night for him. Golovkin was nowhere near the level we'd ever seen Golovkin before. It was an easy fight for him. I was worried about the body shots. And you could see the speed had gone from Golovkin. But Canelo sort of allowed, without doing too much, Golovkin sort of come back into that fight when Canelo was pretty much ahead. And it was almost like he he, he eased up a bit because he wanted the fight to go the distance as a respect marker to Golovkin in a way. Because I think they've earned each other's respect with uh, the two fights before. So there are elements there, Sean, where you, you say, all right, maybe Canelo is on a bit of a slide. But even if he is, is that going to make much difference for John? I find it difficult because the one thing that, you know, barring Golovkin and Bivol, Canelo struggled with the movers, didn't he, really? He struggled with the guys that are going to jab him and, and be elusive at times. And they were the ones that you thought were going to beat, like the Mayweather blueprint, if you like, you know, just out boxing. The come forward fighters, you know, unless they're big fellas like a Bivol, and if you look at the lightweight division and the super middleweight division, when you look at Benavides, for instance, how big he is, I think he will be a light heavyweight at some point in his career. And then you look at Bivol and you look at Batervia, you know, they're big guys. They're all big fellas. Even Morel coming through, he's a super middleweight. He's a big guy. He's another one I think probably fight a light heavyweight at some point. So, when, they, when they're pressure fighters, because of the size and because of the size difference of Canelo, then they're going to get results. And you see that with Bivol. You've seen it with Golovkin because Golovkin was just that type of guy. Any guys, any other guys lower lower than that standard, and it's no disrespect to John Ryder. I know he's a southpaw. That could help him. But again, I just don't see it happening. I think he's got that high guard. I think Canelo, the way he can fundamentally break a fighter down in a ring is superb to watch it is it is tremendous at times he's punch selection he don't waste nothing we see it with Davis the other day he's almost like a mold of Canelo don't waste nothing just take your time and then when you land they hurt him and um I mean how does John Ryder I, I just I, for me Sean it's almost like a rocky thing if he can survive for 12 rounds and go the distance with Canelo I think that's an achievement in itself I really do I just can't see him even lasting the 12 rounds. He's not going to win a round. I, I can't see him winning a round. And that's no disrespect to John Ryder at all. I just don't think he's anywhere near the level of Canelo. So it's hard for me to... I, I'm rooting for him. I would absolutely love him to pull a surprise. The only way he wins this fight, Sean, is if Canelo gets injured or he gets a really bad cut and the referee has to call it off. That's the only way he loses the fight. The only way Canelo loses that fight is by some miracle... You know, he, he does his he does his knee in or something during the fight. <laughs> or his arm, breaks his hand. Other than that, sure, I, I hate I hate to do this because I really want to back him. But I just can't see John winning his fight, mate. I understand. I totally get it. And the general consensus is exactly what you've just said it is. Nobody really believes that John's going to win this fight. And if you really want to technically break it down, what has he got to do to win it? Well, he ha he'll have to do what he does best, which is to get on his chest, Canelo's chest, and not give him room to work. But I think Canelo likes that type of a fight anyway. I think yeah. he would he would thrive off something like that. John Ryder's coming at him on the inside and he's throwing shots. Canelo's going to be looking for the opportunity to throw in the body shots and the uppercuts and trying to hurt John Ryder. He's got that high guard. If Canelo breaks through that guard, 
I think that's when the problems start to arise. And if it happens pretty early on, we could see an early finish, much like Rocky Fielding. I said at the start when we started having this conversation, I think Ryder could take him more rounds than what Rocky Fielding does. But if he gets through early, Canelo, with, with certain types of shots, like the uppercuts on the inside or the body shots, if Ryder fights that way, then it could be an early night. It really could. It could be a big stoppage for the Mexican fans. And, and Ryder puts on a valiant performance, a brave go-out-on-your-shield performance. But if Ryder's to win the fight, he's got to make an impact on Canelo very quickly in the fight. I'm just not so sure he can do that. Now, both of them have come up from, from lower weights into this way. Obviously, we look at John Ryder's career earlier, and he was a career middleweight before moving to super middleweight. So naturally, they, they, they're very evenly matched in terms of the stature. Looking at Ryder, he's, I think he's a slight, an inch or two taller maybe. But in terms of the build, the shape of them both, they're, they're both very similar. So it's, I can see it being a very sort of close quarters affair and, and, and these two guys basically banging away at each other throughout parts of the fight. It really depends on the Canelo that we see in the ring as well. If he decides not to go down that route and he decides to box and pick and look at certain moments where he, he sees the openings, we might get to see a Canelo where we think, oh my God, He's not on the slide. He's like, no, he, he's, he's actually still in his prime. And maybe what we saw in the previous fights was down to some other reason. We could see that. But I, I'm like you. I can't see a way for Ryder winning the fight. I can see him putting a brave performance on. And I can see him getting stopped in the fight. And I can see it being a maybe six to seven rounds into the fight stoppage. But I'm not discounting the fact that it could be three or four rounds in if Canelo works him and breaks him down early enough in the fight. I mean, we've seen the heart and determination from John Ryder in, in fights previously, but is that going to be enough to carry him through against a guy who's a much more quality operator than him? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. And I, and I think it could be a, a really difficult night. If he was to go 12 rounds, like you said, that in itself would be an achievement. And it feels horrible to sit there and write somebody completely off in a fight. But I think we've got to be realistic and look at the level of opposition for the amount of time and the years that have been spent at the high level that Canelo's been at in the different divisions he's been in against John Ryder, who's had a, a fluctuated career and he's having the purple patch of his career. Can he do something? I don't think he can. I think he will give a good few rounds, but I certainly think it will be a stoppage for Canelo. But I can't not say it's an exciting fight because I think it will provide exciting moments. Yeah, it will. And as you say, I mean, he's got to get on his chest. He's got to push him back. But the, the trouble is with John is because he is a similar size, there's not much height difference. There's not much in terms of weight. As you say, they were both middleweights. They both fought in the lower divisions. They've both grown into a super middleweight fighters. And, you know, it, it's just, can can he do what Bivol done and what Golovkin done and stand in front of Canelo and hurt him? Because that's the only way he's going to do it, really. He's not going to box on the back foot. So that's what he's got to try and do. How many times have you actually seen Canelo hurt? Not very often. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So can John, has John Ryder shown you ever in all these 37 fights that he's ever actually going to hurt someone of the stature of Canelo? No, he hasn't. You know, he can make it awkward for him, but let's be honest, Canelo will take them shots. I think for a couple of rounds, I think John, as you say, Sean, he's got to go for it. He's got to just go for broke, try and hurt him early, try and force him into a mistake of some sort and maybe land something and hope really, um, and give a good account of yourself. But Canelo's just going to walk by his time. I think he might just, just see if he can take a couple of his whacks. As soon as he knows he can, he's going to walk onto him and he's going to start breaking him down. And as you say, 
underneath in in the body, hit the body section, you know, underneath the elbows, in in the side, and, and just get his guard down, or either even finish him with a body shot, and then and then from there with a crowd. I mean, the mentality of that to be over in Mexico fighting Canelo, that you know that that's a tall order. It really is. If John Ryder beats Canelo Alvarez, then I will never do a podcast ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it now. You better, uh, you better hope he doesn't, because you're, uh, you're literally, you're ruining, you're ruining the plans. You're I will never do a review or a preview show. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um, it'd be the biggest shot. It'd be look. It'd be bigger than. It'd be a bigger shot than Ruiz beating um, Anthony Joshua. It'd be a bigger yeah. shot than Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're right. That, that, you can't. That, that, this is Rocky all day long. If if he beats him, I mean. It, as I say, just stay on you. Try and laugh a distance, and people will give you respect for it. But you know, it's hard. It's hard for for John. And if anything, he's got to use that 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 everyone's writing him off, and use that fuel to prove us wrong. Well, that is it for our Canelo and John Ryder preview. We will now move on to the preview for the boxer card in the UK, also on Saturday, which has actually got some. Pretty good matched fights on it. And I'm actually looking forward to this card. And I will be watching this card. And it's headlined by Joshua Boatze against Powell Stepian from Poland. He's 19 fights in, 18-0-1. And you've got Boatze at 16-0. Stepian is relatively unknown to the general masses of boxing fans. He's fought most of his career, if not all of his career, in Poland. And he is looking for the opportunity here to stop Buatzi in his tracks. Looking at his career, looking at some of the footage I've seen on YouTube of Stepian, I certainly think he's going to provide a stern enough test and give the activity levels back to Buatzi as to what he needs at this moment in time. But ultimately, I think it's a it's a, an opportunity for Buatzi to be back out. It's a, an opportunity to be Buatzi to be moving forward in his light heavyweight campaign and start to get them big fights in the heavyweight division. It's an unbeaten record, yes, albeit maybe you might say it's a padded unbeaten record who he's fighting, but still, it is still an unbeaten record, it is still another name on Buatzi's resume and it keeps him active if he gets the win. Polish opponents are very difficult fighters to face, they are not easy to break down. We have seen many Polish fighters come to the UK and put on great performances and go the distance, so I wouldn't be surprised if this fight with Stepian goes the distance for Boatsy. So that is the main fight on that card. But just quickly running through it before we talk a little bit more about Boatsy's fight, we've got some really good fights on the card. We've got Sean McComb and Casey Benjamin, the WBO European Super Lightweight title on the line. And we've got Lauren Price and Kirsty Bavington in a first ever, the first ever British female belt going up for grabs. The British welterweight crown going up for grabs in that particular fight. Lauren Price and her fourth professional fight looking to get British honours. We've got Tyler Denny and Macaulay McGowan, which I think will be a pretty good scrap as well. You've got Corey Gibbs and Jimmy First in a rematch of their fight, in which Jimmy First handed Corey Gibbs his first loss. And you've got the return of Shaqan Peters against Joe McIntyre and Ben Whitaker also on this particular card. So on that basis, Johnson, the actual card in general has got some some well-matched fights, in my opinion. I think it's actually one of those cards where I can honestly say I'll probably sit and watch six out of them seven or eight fights because they actually are really well matched. And yes, okay, I'm talking about Stepian being 
potentially padded record, I still think he could provide a really good test for Buatzi and, and a stern test enough for Buatzi to get them rounds in for then to move forward in his career because of the issues he's had outside with the promotional aspect of it and him coming over to Boxer and him having this first big bout and, and moving forward from there. Yeah, I mean, I, it's frustrating with Joshua Buatzi because, you know, when he first jumped on the scene, I was... I was very enthusiastic about it on the back of uh, the, I think it was the Rio Olympics, wasn't it? Um, uh, he got the bronze medal out there, and I really enjoyed what I see. I enjoyed the way he speaks. He's a likable character, and he's got a lot of a lot of ability. So when he signed, and then he seemed to be moving along quite quickly, it seemed to be going well. And then he he just, I mean, there's not, I mean, Craig Richards last year so it's a whole year he's been out of the ring and I know he's had a promotional issue um, he's now with Sky Sports which is fine you know he's left Eddie but it's just he's like he's a stall maybe that's why he left Eddie maybe maybe that is the reason because when you look at it there's not really any you know where's he going next you know Craig Richards and then from there you should be fighting someone that we know uh, and again you know there's no disrespect to Steppy Ed you know he's fought in Poland all his life but it's a very carefully selected opponent in my honest opinion now, this guy's come from Poland, he's got an undefeated record, and people see that and think, oh, he's got to be half decent. But let's be honest here, when you look at the opposition he's fought, you don't know any of those names, and even then, there are there when you look at the records that they've had, they're not the, got the greatest, and, and the fighters that they've fought. I mean, look, I'm not like a, that Polish boxing isn't any good or anything. That's not what I'm suggesting. It's not a tough circuit. It is in terms of their, their toughness. They are tend to be tough Eastern European fighters, but Hopefully, for me, Sean, this has got to be a fight. The first one, because just to get Boatsy back out again, to, to get the rounds in, hopefully um, Stepien can, can take him over six. That would be good for, for Boatsy. And then he can move on quickly. I'm talking like two months' time. You know, they've got to move him quicker. He's been in this position, it feels like, Sean, isn't it, for about two years, where we're sort of saying... Now, this is it. This is he's going to win this and he needs to go. And then you find yourself saying the same thing. It's quite boring, actually. And I do like Joshua. I really do. I'm a huge fan of his, but it's just stalled. And um, so, yeah, I'm hoping this move to Sky, let's get a good win here. You know, let's get stoppage again. I think, you know, he's got, you know, last you look at Belotnik stopped him, uh, Belinda DeSantis. I mean, these guys, you don't even know who really they are. In all honesty, and I don't mean that, no disrespect to these guys, but Joshua surely is a level above these fellas. Um, so, yeah, for me, I'm hoping this is just him to get back out active. He ain't been fought, fought for like almost a year, pretty much all but a few weeks. Get this with him, get back out in a couple of months, and then get back out for a big fight in three months or four months' time because that's what he needs, Sean, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He, he certainly needs that because if he, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't get the big fights... Like you say, he's in danger of of maybe going past his peak before he yeah. gets them big fights. Exactly, and, before, and that's exactly it, Sean. You hit there, you've hit the hat, the nail on the head by saying that you they, they could miss his peak by other people messing about his career. That that's my worry for him. So I hope that this performance then gets moved on pretty quickly. The one thing I'm confident of is that with him moving to boxer and Ben Shalom, obviously Ben has had his issues as a promoter outside of the ring, but. He has delivered some really, really good fights in the past 18 months. And I will give him that. He's delivered some... He's finally given us Khan and Brook. He gave us Taylor and Catterall. He gave us the Shields and Marshall fight. You know, we've seen some fights through Sky Sports and through Boxer that we didn't even see when Matchroom was on Sky Sports and the ones that we wanted to see for years. So I'm hoping that this will be the start of that, that this will be the potential move forward for him. 
Richard Reactpour, as we're speaking, is about to make an announcement. So by the time you listen to this, Reactpour will have made his announcement. So whether that's he's challenging for a world title up at Cruiserweight, you know, he's another one that, you know, had to make a certain move in his career to be able to move his career forward. And Nicole is another one, you know, the, 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 the bunch of those fighters are certainly moving around to get themselves into a position. So I'm hoping this is the same for Boazzi as well. Let's see. Let's let's hope he gets through this fight. Let's, let's hope he gets the rounds in, and and he, and he looks pretty good doing so. And then we can discuss in our reaction show whether we can talk about these bigger fights. It will feel quite repetitive, as you say, because we've talked about this before with him. But let's not forget the other fights on the card. Like I mentioned, a few of them there. Lauren Price, in particular, fighting for the vacant welterweight title, the British title, the first time it happened in boxing history in Britain. I think this is a huge moment as well for for boxing. And, and certainly for the females of the sport, having that equality aspect of it, this is brilliant. And this is not being played up enough, in my opinion. I think this is this is great that it's happening. Kirsty Babington's a really good fighter as well. I, I know Kirsty. I've seen Kirsty on the circuit. I've seen her get some some decent victories. Yes, she lost on a split decision in her last fight in March of this year. It was a difficult fight for her, but she has got wins on her record against people that are relatively well known in the UK boxing circuit. She has lost on points to Sandy Ryan in 2021. So this is an opportunity for Lauren Price to become a champion and and really sort of start to recognise that Olympic pedigree and four fights in. And because of the depths of the division being being not very deep, I think it's not going to be long before you know, if Lauren Price wins this fight, she moves on straight up to that world level because she's certainly one that we've got high hopes for on the world stage. Yeah, we have. And, and you know, talking about Boazzi coming out of the Olympics and then hoping he's going to have an excellent career and it's stalled. Whereas this is this seems to be going well for Lauren. And as you say, it's different because, you know, the pool is a lot short, a, bit, a lot shallower than it is compared to the men's. But Lauren Price has got everything she needs to go on and be a world champion. So, you know, I, you know as you say, you you know a bit more about uh, Kirsty Babington than I do. I've seen odd little bits, um, not seen too much detail on her, but, you know, you would expect Lauren Price to come through this. And then from there, as you say, get a world title fight quite easily. And and then it's just, you know, the, the boxing's a oyster, really. I mean, she's only 28. She's, she's still got... A, she, she could be a world champion by the end of the year. She's laughing, I, I, and I think she can do that. Honestly, she she's got the ability. Can she turn it over from the amateurs into the pros? Well, she's made a great start. So, but it's a good fight, though, Sean. You're right, and I, and, and you look at Laura, and you just hope. I'm sure she won't, but you know, you hope she doesn't fall into that Barazzi pool. But she, you know, it all looks good for her. She should be winning the British title, and from there, you know, I do believe she could be the face of female boxing, like Katie Taylor was. I do. I think she's got the potential. Well, Katie Taylor still is. Obviously, she's fights Cameron this month, which is yeah. uh, which is which is certainly one we're going to be covering. Disappear in the horizon, of course. So, I'm of course, thinking, you know that's what I'm thinking. Thinking in the next sort of four or five <laughs> years, maybe. So there are other fights on this weekend. A couple that I haven't mentioned on the Canelo undercard, which I think are probably worth tuning into. Certainly, Julio Cesar Martinez defending his WBC World Flyweight title against Ronald Batista. I think it's good to be tuning into the Martinez fight because we want, obviously, Sonny Edwards to eventually fight him. He's been calling for that fight for some time now, and I think he could certainly beat him. So definitely want to tune into to see whether he can defend his WBC title. Another interesting fight on that card is Alexander Gerdvik against Rickard Bolotniks. Bolotniks is the same fighter who we talked about earlier when Buatzi beat him. And then Gerdvik is the same fighter that beat 
got or got beat off Paterbiev and then has come back earlier in the year and is making a comeback after three years out. And this is uh, another interesting fight. I mean, if you, you if you know these names and you've tuned into them for the last few years, it's certainly one worth tuning into. There are obviously prospects on the card that are worth watching as well, but we won't go too much into it for this episode. The focus has been about Canelo and John Ryder, and it's another exciting fight week to be talking about. It's a Canelo fight week. The man at the top of the mountain and the man at the bottom who's trying to take the guy off the top of the mountain is John Ryder, and it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he can do it. We don't believe he can. We've both said we don't believe he can do it, but you just absolutely never know within this sport. And that is it for this particular episode. I want to say thank you as always to everybody for tuning in to the Big Fight Preview. If you've enjoyed it, please let us know on social media by tweeting us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also find us on YouTube. Please subscribe. BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Get all of our latest content, including our series-based content, which is the Career Profiles Podcast, Legendary Nights, and The Darker Side of Boxing. A big shout-out to the patrons of this podcast. I hope you're enjoying your ad-free version of the episode and you're enjoying our patron-only series, Boxing Through the Decades. If you're not a patron and you're interested in seeing what else we do, aside from the stuff that we put out generally, please go and check us out on patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast where you can find patron-only episodes like Boxing Through the Decades, like The Greatest Super Middleweights, like The Black Murderer's Row. There's many episodes on there that we haven't released to the general public, so please just go and have a quick look. You do get them. You do get ad-free versions of all episodes on there. You get early access to series-based content, and of course you get to be part of that little community that we've created of like-minded boxing fans that just love the additional content that we're putting out there please do check us out but for this episode fight fans this is it thank you for listening and we will see you next time Podcast Network.